0: Welcome to the Unleash podcast with your hosts, Johnny and Kirsty from Unleash Strength and Performance. Hello and welcome to today's episode. So I'm Johnny.
1: And I'm Kirsty. And basically, yeah. So, Jenny, would you like to
2: introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, of course. I'm Jenny Tong, I'm a GB weightlifter. And I reside in Sheffield, the Great North.
0: Love lovely. <laughs>
1: We were just talking there about how we might need a translator. We don't know who for them.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so go ahead, Jenny, and give us a brief uh, uh, description on your background and how you actually got into weightlifting, et cetera, there.
2: Yeah, so I started weightlifting when I joined university. Uh, Prior to university I was a bit of a party girl. Um, I'd not done any sports since like my early teens and basically what happened in my early teens was I loved sport. I was always a massive tomboy and then I basically I lived in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't really anything to do so it was either you do sports or there's nothing and then I got to the kind of age where I basically aged out of the sports available to me in that small area and suddenly there was nothing for me to do. And I fell into this kind of hole of just drinking, partying, taking loads of drugs. I was really, really young. And that then led to three years of me just spiraling even further. So I somehow managed to pull myself out of that rut uh, I got sent to live in the UK with my dad, and I came back to the UK to study. Decided that I wanted to do really well with that with my studies, and really set my mind to it. That led me to then moving down to London, and I went to the Brit School, which is a free performing arts school, and I loved it. I had a great time there. London was a fantastic experience. You know, at sixteen, I lived on my own in a flat in London, and had all these amazing opportunities but I, I was still living very much like a party girl lifestyle. I worked in central London. I was going out every night after work. Um, there were always these really glamorous events going on. And yeah, I was just living a, not, a, not an unhealthy lifestyle, but not really a, a, an ideal lifestyle that I would have liked to. So when yeah. I came to university, I thought, you know what, I just want I want that healthy lifestyle. I want to do something. I want to commit myself to something that is going to engage me physically and mentally. And that's going to keep me away from just going out, partying as a distraction for being bored. So I yeah. actually was looking for wrestling on this like prospectus list of sports available. Cause I did judo growing up and I thought, you know what? Wrestling and judo, there's going to be a really good transfer there. And there was no wrestling on the list, but lo and behold, down in the W's, there was weightlifting. And so I thought, right, well, it's free. What's the worst that can happen? Like, I'm going to go, I'll try it out. I either like it or I done and no harm done. Turned out I was quite good at it and I loved it. And they've literally the club has literally not been able to get rid of me since. <laughs>
0: i'm sure they're not complaining
2: (laughs) no no but i'm well i would i would like to say that i'm possibly an asset to them but you never know (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah so basically just being the normal team as we all were um to a certain extent um but it's good that you've obviously been fit to find that uh, at the trail out of that hole something similar to myself really um I'm uh, to be honest, like you see Olympic lifting. I'm th- this is the Olympic lifter. I have no clue about it. So, well,
1: when we talk, I about... sort of talk on
0: terms here. Just bear in mind that I'm absolutely
1: clueless on this. One. When We say I'm an Olympic lifter. I don't think I'm quite. <laughs> I practice, but that's about it. So
2: the thing is, the thing is with Olympic weightlifting, right? Is and I think it's the same with so many other sports. It really doesn't matter what level you're at you're participating and so you're doing the sport you know like you could just be the equivalent of like a weekend warrior like you just go and do like one session a week you're still doing the sport you're still participating so you're still an Olympic weightlifter and that's really cool about Olympic weightlifting is you don't have to be part of a club or part of an affiliated gym or even competing but you're still doing the sport. and that's really individual compared to other sports
0: yeah. yeah, I was going to say that because that, that would just sort of be the stick out thing there compared to like sort of powerlifting and CrossFit because they're all sort of individualized clubs. Um, not to say that everybody's in a club and especially in powerlifting, but to a certain extent CrossFit would be more you're part of a gym or have to be part of a gym or something like that there, whereas uh, powerlifting, you're sort of more of a club or individualized. But in Olympic lifting, you don't have that at all.
2: No, you, you go to so many different commercial gyms and you just see people Olympic lifting on their own terms and they're like self-taught or something like that. And I do find like the Olympic weightlifting community is so much bigger than you actually realize it is.
0: Yeah. 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 One percent. That's definitely one thing, because there's more and more people getting involved in it as well. And um, because when I first seen it, I just said, what is that? I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> and then it's just like, it's just grown and grown and grown every year.
2: And you know what? We've re- I think, as much as the purists hate to admit it, we've got CrossFit to thank for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you said, Jenny, was how physically and mentally it challenges you. So when you started weightlifting, did you find that, like, I know I've been a complete beginner in it and still probably class myself as a beginner in it, but I find it challenges you both like physically and mentally how did you find taking on that
2: sport then like was it difficult the first few weeks and getting used to it ironically not I actually find that I struggle with it more now than I did then. okay because I guess I guess I probably had beginner's luck I'm built I'm kind of built for weightlifting I'm a very powerful individual what I lack in raw strength I make up in power um and I'd been going to the gym kind of casually prior to me finding weightlifting and inadvertently I'd been doing muscle snatches without realizing what I was doing was a muscle snatch so something like a snatch is the most technical lift I already had a bit of a gauge on how to do it or how to put a bar over my head in one swift movement in that sense so the the challenge really came later on I at first it was just like I love this I'm good at it I enjoy it i feel fulfilled the the people around me are really great people and that was the buy-in but what I found as as I progressed and and I got stronger was that it actually got harder and the challenge physically and mentally became um more encompassing because it's now not just a case of I've got to be motivated to get to the gym it's like I'm a competitive athlete so you suddenly go from doing something recreationally for fun to yeah right well now I have to perform and now I have to perform yeah. in front of people and for a selection panel and for myself as well because you know you go into the gym and it's it is a solo sport you're very much on your own and I coach myself as well so there's that added element of constantly being overly critical of myself Um, and that then became the mental challenge of enjoy the sport that you're doing but also it's now no longer a recreational sport it's a performance sport and there are just so many adages in there that yeah actually I find it more challenging now than I did when I started. Yeah,
0: It's just that next level isn't it of competitiveness so to speak um, where you're just you're starting off learning the sport enjoying it for what it is and then you're just like okay i'm quite good at this and then it's just yeah. like you don't want to take that backward step down you just want to push you on and um fulfill your potential and um, I, just, I just want to ask this sort of just going off topic so to speak but when you first started that what was the your side what was your thoughts on actually starting weightlifting because we have this stigma and it's probably the same over in, in England, um, where as soon as we match wits to females, it's, I don't want to be big and bulky.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, don't give it. Do, do you know what I actually, I didn't get that at first. Ironically, I do yeah. feel that now. Um, and there's a, it, there's a, it, it's a, it's a really strange position to find yourself in. At first, I somehow already knew that by virtue of me lifting weights i would be able to turn up my body and that was something that Mm -hmm. i was very aware of because i was a performer and i was again very powerful i've always been built i've always had a muscular shape um Mm -hmm. big i was i was called like thunder thighs and i i realized that suddenly i'd found this sport that was ideal that suddenly I had uh, my legs were were there for something, Do you know, like I don't want yeah. <laughs> out in that respect. So going into the sport, I didn't feel any kind of way about getting muscular or, or being stronger, visibly stronger, because actually that was almost an incentive for me. Now, yeah. again, I, there's just a paradox really of where I started and where I am, because actually now I find myself like, I've moved up I was an under 53 kilo weightlifter I don't know if you know the old weight classes I look back at yeah. pictures and videos of me lifting weights back then and I'm like but where is the muscle yeah. Where are you yeah. holding all of that like you were lifting some big weights from but from where because I look at myself now and I'm like you had very clear eating disorders hun and you didn't know about it and now i look yeah. at myself and i've moved up nearly two weight classes and i'm under 59 kilo weightlifter now and i am so hyper aware of how big my traps are or how yeah. big my delts are and i as much as i believe that i want to be the best athlete i can be i also want to be a 24 year old female who's comfortable in her own skin and wants to feel beautiful in a dress, and wants to feel sexy, and wants to, you know, all of those things that I refuse to detract from myself, so it's finding that fine balance at the moment of being the best athlete I can be, whilst also being comfortable in my own skin, is, is, yeah, it's, it's sometimes a very mental battle that I have to kind of get myself through, but Generally, I think strong women are cool as fuck. Like, pardon my language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, look at, I look at strong women and I can only ever aspire to be like them, whether that's physically or mentally. So the whole, oh, I don't want to get too bulky thing, I understand. Obviously, I understand yes. it from my own personal point of view, but I'm also inspired by the idea of being a strong female.
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. I agree.
2: I think that's
1: the main thing for females. Obviously, I can relate the same way. Like, you start lifting weights, you automatically think, I put on weight, oh no, I'm bigger. And um, But I think, again, CrossFit has shown us a different side to that too, I suppose, because when you look at the female athletes that compete in it, you wouldn't naturally look at them on a night right and think they look big and bulky. But when you see them training, you can see the
2: muscles and the definition then. 100%. And I get the same in weightlifting. You know, we have some absolute phenoms on the women's team in weightlifting. You know, you're talking like your Emily Campbells, Zoe Smith, Sarah Davies. You look at them on the competition platform and you're like, these women are insane. But you see them yeah. all dressed up in their glad rags and you wouldn't know any different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Good. Yeah. Down here.
1: Yeah, so... Basically, obviously, then for yourself, as you said, like you were in performance school and um, things like that. So when you get into weightlifting and you've kind of
2: never really hidden the fact that it's changed your life. Yeah, no, it's, um, I am very, very grateful to weightlifting. I often sit back and reflect on it and I don't know where, where I'd be or what I'd be doing or what my life would look like. I would like to think that I'm a strong enough character that regardless of of what I would have been doing it would have been great and I'd have been having a very fruitful life but yeah weightlifting has really done a whole 180 on my whole entire existence (laughs) like the people who knew me before weightlifting still think it's absolutely bizarre that this is what I do now and this is my thing and this is what people know me as and I get I get stopped in the street by people being like, oh, you're that weightlifter. Like, excuse me. That was the <laughs> I was expected to be stopped in the street <laughs> But yeah.
0: It's, it's something I would say just following your um, profile, Jenny. Um, you always seem like up, so upbeat every day. And you're always pushing to aspire our, uh, like females specifically. Um, to be stronger and everything else and like uh when you actually dive in and read about your background to think where you've came from to where you are now and you're fit to keep pushing that every day because I'm sure like everybody else you have your bad days too but Mm. to keep pushing that every day is just like so aspiring to see um Mm. every every day because I know personally like I couldn't maintain that level of energy that you put out every day do you know what I mean do
2: you know what though it's it's There's a level of gratefulness that I have though. And I I really want to share that with other people. I, like I said, like, I'm just so incredibly grateful to be in the position that I'm in, um, that I think I owe it to myself, my younger self. I owe it to the people around me. I owe it to the people who are doubting themselves and questioning their own abilities and where they'll see themselves in five years time. I owe it to them to prove that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're having yeah. a bad day today it doesn't matter that you had a bad day yesterday just keep moving forward and chipping away at those one whatever those one percents might accumulate to they will be a positive to your life and you know like I do have my bad days I've had multiple bad days recently just because I'm I feel like I'm just flirting a little bit and that's okay because yeah. I need those not so great days to realize that my life is my life is good and I, I live a happy life and I'm surrounded by fantastic people and inspiring people. And it kind of brings you back down to earth sometimes, you know, like having those, having those bad days. Um, yeah. They're needed. They're very much needed because you can't live on cloud nine forever. Yeah.
0: No.
1: I think even within sport and stuff, you find that those bad days push you further. They, make, they, they drive you to be better, I suppose, and they make sure that the next day isn't
2: the same. Absolutely. Yeah. And my problem is as well, like I, I've, I've never, I've never had an issue admitting it. Like I have a very addictive personality and that's part of the thing that makes me a good athlete, but also it will be my downfall in some ways. And like, yeah. I, you know, it's part of the reason I ended up in the position that I was in, but even now, like I get addicted to like a, a euphoric feeling They they said that I read something somewhere that the problem with like 21st century lifestyles is that we're so used to short, sharp hits of like endorphin kicks, and that we constantly live our lives searching for that kick. And that's why we scroll through social media, right? Because it's like 15 seconds, 10, 15 seconds of of bite sized bits of kicks. Um, And so, what (laughs) I find in my life is that I'm constantly searching for something to feed off of whether that's yeah. Yeah. a training high whether that's hanging out with my friends whether it's traveling whether it's seeing my athletes perform well whatever it would be like I'm constantly in search and trying to grasp at something and when it gets to a point where there's nothing for me to grasp at I'm like oh well what now yeah And now I've got to sit with my own thoughts and um and I, I realize more and more that you know as as an athlete that's the thing that addictive mentality is what makes incredible athletes but it's also what can make you very one-track minded and what I've always said for myself is that I want my life to be fruitful and for there to be lots of avenues for me to explore I don't want sport to be the only thing that defines me because outside of sport I need to be Jenny yeah uh, it's reminding myself sometimes that even though I'm not particularly having a great day with training or I'm not getting that endorphin kick from training, there are so many other beautiful things to life that I can then turn to. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely, 100%. I didn't really... That's a good quote, actually, because uh, I'd be be very similar. I'd be like, where's my wee kick? Where's my wee kick? Where's my wee kick? And it might just be like a training kick or something like that there. But as you say, you'd be scrolling through, through social media for something that's just going to motivate you or push you or, or do something. But then that's where I'm just one track minded. Like my life's powerlifting, like there's nothing else. That's it.
2: (laughs) You know, but that's you, you think your life is one track minded. You think that powerlifting is, is all that you've got, but actually like a perfect example, I'm very family oriented. So like my nephews and nieces, like I, live vicariously through them in some respects so if in doubt like i turn to my family and i'm like tell me what the kids have been up to today because they're so young and the life is only just starting yeah Yeah. there are so many amazing things that i get to take away just from watching them grow up and experience things for the first time that that to me is is as fulfilling as hitting a pb like, it's bizarre. Like, just going and watching my nephew play a rugby game, or my niece had her first dance show the other day. And, like, that yeah. to me, they're the big moments in life that I would never want to miss just because I'm trying to be an athlete. I'm also an auntie. Yeah. And yeah, so there's always something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, actually.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing that there's more.
1: Yeah, it's what you want to do and what you enjoy doing, but there is more to life than. Just getting that high from the gym and competing and stuff too. And even just take a second to sit down, look around you and what you actually have, isn't it? For sure.
0: Some we don't do enough of, reflect. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to uh, reflect what, once a day or something? I don't know, can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to get more into the drive behind um, weightlifting. And what what pushes you further, Jenny, if that, that's okay? Um, yeah. And if you're okay talking about it, so to so speak?
2: Yeah. Um, I guess, I don't, it's weird. I often get asked if I have like goals and ambitions. Mm-hmm. and I used to. I, I used to be like a plan A, plan B, plan C. Like there was nothing that you could ever throw at me that would disrupt my life because I always had a backup plan. I always had a plan of action of how my life would plan out if something happened. Um, and basically I don't really have that anymore. And and what I found was that I've watched people give so much of themselves to to their ambitions and to their goals that they have lost sight or have, failed to achieve those things and then almost lived in resent because yeah. they just fell short or you know like the oh well I could have been I, I never yeah. wanted that for myself and I if if I'd have had it my own way or, or in another life I'd have been a performer and that's what I grew up that was my dream that was my ambition um, I don't necessarily know that that was the thing that I always wanted to do but it was what my mum foresaw yeah. me doing and I all I ever wanted was to make my mum proud and impress my mom and she was in the nicest way possible she was like a little bit of a pushy stage mum, um but again in the nicest way possible like she only ever wanted <laughs> to <be> exposed <laughs> to the best opportunities yeah. yeah and then during um during college when I first moved down to London I found out that my mum had been diagnosed with stage five brain tumor and She'd already found out, my family already knew, but she didn't want to tell me because she thought that if she told me, I wouldn't move to London. Um, oh, okay. And so then I spent like the next 18 months just doing all of the things. I did all of the things that she wanted me to do so that she would be able to see it. And then unfortunately she passed away um, shortly after my 18th birthday. And I just remember it was like, it was like I lost my voice like I lost my muse. I just lost I it's exactly that. I lost my muse. I had no reason to sing anymore. I didn't want to be up on a stage performing. I just felt like a, yeah. a, a bit like a performing monkey really. Like I who am I who am I doing this for? Um you know I remember yeah. I used to yeah. get up on a stage and I'd sing and I I used to sing soul and so everything comes from the soul. It has meaning and it has intention and I would always look out for my mum in the audience and suddenly that wasn't there anymore and it left me kind of thinking well what do I want for myself now like what what's next and I realised that I'd only ever set myself goals and ambitions that aligned to the people around me or to what the people around me foresaw was best for me and I realised that I didn't actually know what was best for me so it kind of got to a point where I was like, with weightlifting, whatever will be, will be. Whatever my future brings will be beautiful and will be fruitful. And I will look back and have really positive, um, fulfilling memories of that time. So that, and I guess there's, there's a level of self-protection there, whether I like to admit it or not. I mean, I am admitting it, but there is a level of self-protection there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the best weightlifter in the country I'm as good as I can be at this moment and I can only be the best version of myself I can only be the best athlete that I can be like comparison really is a thief of joy so why am I going to try and I could try I could try and be better but at the end of the day there's only so much trying can do and I'm not about to go and start taking testosterone to try and make me any better (laughs) right so Uh... if I if my talent has a ceiling I want to be I want to be accepting of that and I want to still be proud of the things that I can achieve within that Um, so I'm very much of the mentality of like look I I get up I work hard I train hard I put in as much graft as anyone and what will be will be and my dreams and ambitions all full, fulfill themselves almost vicariously by virtue of the fact that I'm present and I'm doing it. Um, yeah. So I always find it really difficult when people say like, what are your goals? What are your ambitions? Like, where do you see yourself in five years? I honestly don't know anymore. And, I, and yeah. I'm i really happy that I don't know because it always yeah. makes it more of an adventure.
0: Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, definitely a, a good way to look at it. Um, just listening to it. Um, because I would just sort of be very guilty of comparison and I would almost consume myself to the point of if I'm not at a level I want to be at, do you know what I mean? It would eat me up inside. And as you say, it's a thief of joy. Do you know what I mean? So it's better just to accept the level that you're at and keep, as you say, turning up, doing the work and your dreams and ambitions will sort of fulfill themselves at some point in time. Um, later on down the line
2: yeah no absolutely and I think for for as much as it sounds as well like and I I always refer back to my nephews and nieces like they have their own goals and ambitions and I always think you know does it matter to me if they don't achieve them no I'm going to be proud of them either way so why wouldn't Mm -hmm. I apply that to myself
0: Self yeah. that does self what do you even call it,
2: self doubt. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just like we care so much about everybody else, we just ignore ourselves. You know,
2: the yeah, thing is, I, I think you're thing, right. The opinions of other people don't pay the bills, they don't help me sleep yeah. at night. And on it, like just little things like I know the pandemic hasn't been a great time for most people, but the pandemic really afforded me space to think about who I am. And actually, how the opinions of others don't tuck me in at night. I sleep yeah. like a I honestly sleep like a baby, CBD aside, I sleep like a child. And the reason <laughs> is because pardon my French, I don't give a fuck. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not, <laughs>
2: nothing matters. No one, no one yeah. matters. And so I'm not yeah. tossing and turning thinking about. Oh, I could be doing this, or I could be doing that, and son says so doing better than me, and blah blah blah. I don't care. I if yeah. I live in their heads rent free, absolutely fine. That's fine with me. But no one occupies my my mindsets as much as yeah. I will, and no one's gonna no one's gonna pay my bills. No one's gonna lift the weights for me, so I might as well just focus on me.
1: Yeah, Ooh, definitely. Perfect. I think it's that uh, it's the same thing as chasing that high. You're some people spend too much time worrying about the others where they don't actually see the potential themselves. And I think from you talking that makes a difference um to where you are now and some people who maybe didn't make it. Yeah, no, hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Like I know with some of some of our newer lifters, so to speak, who's sort of dialing into powerlifting a wee bit, it's just speaking to them and and trying to like, they're all very hesitant about even starting because of what people might think. Like, oh, will I be strong enough? Or what if I don't lift this? Or what if somebody lifts more than me? Or, you know, the usual stuff. But at the end of the day, you don't you don't get anywhere by not trying or starting or or anything, you know? The same it's thing, the, same as, it's the it. same
2: as when you go into a new job. When you go into a yeah. new job, you're not looking up at the exec thinking, oh well I'm never going to achieve what they're achieving like I mean you might yeah. do but realistically yeah. if, you're going as a, if you go in as a grad student on like 18k yeah. a year are you really looking up at the executives being like oh I might as well just quit now because I'm never going to achieve no you, yeah. still gonna, you've got rent to pay you don't have the option yeah. it's not an option <laughs> and it's a thing <laughs>
1: Yeah. And I suppose when you started weightlifting, like you probably didn't think you were going to set records.
2: And now you yeah. <laughs> how many have you got? Um, oh, do you know what? I'm not actually sure. i got <laughs> um, well, I've had three senior records. Um, and I think probably well was that's three, probably about nine age group records. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah about, about 12 in total
0: and you say you're not the best <laughs> <laughs> Wow,
2: well, no I mean that's just it? it just it just shows doesn't it like there are so many incredible yeah. female athletes out there that even me having collected my own records I'm just looking to them and thinking like wow I want to be like you when I grow up
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. Did I see you hit a PB or something yesterday, or some big, masses? Yeah, uh, I did. I hit, I, hit a, I hit an
2: eighty-five kilo, block snatch for a double. And then <laughs> I, hit, <laughs> I can't even lift the box. <laughs> Neither can I most days, to be honest?
0: <laughs> I don't even think I could push eighty-five kilo above my head.
2: and then yeah i did an 88 single from the block just narrowly missing the double um a couple of weeks ago i think the thing is as well like pb's are few and far between these days anyway yeah um, yeah as you kind of hit that ceiling the, the percentage progress that you make every year kind of reduces but i managed an 85 kilo push press a few weeks ago which was nice
0: um, you I can't do that.
2: Competition. Sure.
0: <laughs> My overhead pressing is long gone. Too much fancy. But you know what, Bert?
2: I reckon that's because you're trying to just use your arms too much. It's yeah, all
0: no, it's all, it's all, I, yeah, it's all technique. I just, like, I used to be fit to strict press 80 years ago and I couldn't, I, I think I managed strict press in 60 about a couple of weeks ago. It's just sheer fact of not overhead pressing in years. Mm. That's just, that's just basically the reason. But have you your sights set on any other records now that um, sort of competitions and stuff's on the way back after COVID?
2: Um, I would like to say that I've got my sights set on a few records, but I think that would be uh, quite unrealistic. Um, I've, I'm just coming off the back of, um, I call it a serious back injury it's difficult because it wasn't actually an injury it was um, an accumulation of lots of injuries um, causing issues with my back and you know if I'm honest like I didn't think I would ever be lifting again I was like drafting up my retirement post over the summer like early (laughs) it was during the spring um you know speaking to people trying to figure out like what what I do now because I was in so much pain that I never thought I'd be able to pick a bar up without being in pain again. And like I, I had to sit my dad down and explain that I was in so much pain. And I'm looking at my dad, my dad's crying because he was a performer um, and he injured his back performing in the West End. Um, right. And he obviously was looking at me thinking, like, I don't want this for you. Like, I don't want a lifetime of pain just yeah. for. But for the sake of glory, for lifting a few like a few kilos more over your head, like what is the point? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at this point, realistically, I'm just excited to get back on the platform and just yeah. to enjoy the sport and to be the best athlete that I can be. And the, yeah. the records, and um, the PBs, and um, the medals, they will come as they come, if they come. In the meantime, yeah. it's just about getting back out there, being the best version of myself, being healthy, being happy. Um, and I think in in some respects, like setting the precedent of what it means to be doing sports. Like it's not about, it's not always about winning. It's not always about the medals. Yeah. It's not always about the records. It is literally about being happy and being healthy and just, just participating to say the least, like just being present can make such a difference. Like I'm just so excited to get back out there. I don't actually care what the end result is, obviously within reason. But yeah, realistically for me, it's just about getting back on that horse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, a good testament to your strong character to bounce back again after being literally sidelined and not looking at a uh, lifting a barbell again. Um, and you've managed to pull off some incredible lifts again.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, do you think sort of you'll push more with the coaching then or what's, what's next for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people don't realise how much coaching I actually do because I don't shout about it on yeah. social media. Um, so I run the weightlifting club here in Sheffield. Um, so I'm there most evenings. I coach, I'm the regional pathway coach for British Weightlifting. So I run the set up for 12 to 17 year olds in the north of the uk and then i'm a national youth coach as well um so i'm based in i'm based in sheffield but the the british in set up has moved down to nottingham so i travel down there and and coach the the national youth lifters quite regularly i recently just got back from saudi from coaching the world youth championships so i mean i do foresee a future in coaching but again it's very much like um I'm present and I'm there. And if yeah. those opportunities come to me, then fantastic. I don't go around shouting about my coaching, especially like my one to one coaching or like my individualized programming, because I realize that I'm busy and yeah. I don't think it's fair. You, you see a lot of online coaches selling their coaching, selling themselves in a coaching capacity. But not really having the time to deliver quality a quality service, and yeah. so I don't I don't really do that unless people come to me. I don't really push my coaching services.
0: But it's the whole yeah, marketing thing, is it? The future
2: would hold. Yeah, I think you never really know what the future will hold. Like once I'm hanging up my own lifting shoes, then I definitely take a more serious approach to my coaching. But the fact that I can be part of the journey of these young weightlifters, like is honestly, it's such a humbling experience. It's an absolute honor to to go out to Saudi with the young team of girls and have them all hit British records was, yeah. it was just, it was a high that I don't think I ever expected to feel. It was my second international coaching experience. Um. And it was just so rewarding um, that, yeah, I would love to think that in the future, as as I kind of phase out of my career, I will continue to work with younger athletes and then possibly senior athletes in the future. Yeah.
0: Good. Um, what, what sort of age are they starting at, Jenny, competing at sort of national level?
2: Um, so we have development, which is... Any age, I think it's from seven, might be six or seven up until 12, 13. And then from 13 onwards, you could then, you go up onto the, um, you're on the youth setup. So yeah. it's kind of 13 to 15 is youth, um, but then so is 15 to 17. They're just different age ranges. Yeah, And then 17 to 23 you're considered a junior and then 23 onwards is a senior but if you're a great 15 year old weightlifter you'll be competing with the senior championships okay
0: yeah yeah, if you qualify, you're, like, you're it's, yeah it's great to see just the young age because even like you doing with Emma there's a wee crossfitter at 14 years old and like back when I started going to the gym like I was 26 and you would never have seen the likes of it um And, like, youngsters going to, like, even considering lifting weights and stuff. So it's, it's like, the level that it's going to now is just insane in terms of starting ages.
2: Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, we always, you get it a lot, don't you? Like, oh, I wish I started when I was younger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I definitely wish I (laughs) had.
2: If you could see the talent that is coming out of these kids... It's yeah. like thick and fast and you just can't keep up. There's like every yeah. week there's a new kid that comes out of the, the woodworks and you're like, wow. You're just completely blown away by their skills. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's an absolute honour to be part of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's given back to what you kind of, when you started and stuff, you're, you've you not been given the chance to give that back to the young athletes coming through, which is great.
2: Yeah, and, and also as well, what I've found is that I always hoped that I would be the adult that I needed as a child or that I needed as a young person. Um, and I think that's why I have such a, a feeling of like a close bond with my nephews and nieces and
1: mm-hmm.
2: in ways that I'd hope to replicate that with the young athletes that I work with, that I don't want them to ever feel like there's not a place for them or that they can't speak to someone or that they're alone I would always want and that's kind of in a weird way why I love being so so close to them in age in some ways because I can relate to everything that they're saying I still remember very vividly what it's like to be 16 years old and feeling very lost Um, so yeah there's that adage there of feeling like you're not just coaching someone but you can also be a mentor or a shoulder to lean on uh, in ways that possibly some of the older coaches can't be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Just changing lives, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Jenny, thanks very much for joining us there today. Um, It was great to see or hear about your background and hopefully that story will sort of drive more and more, especially females out until maybe getting into weightlifting sports or if it's just going to the gym or or whatever it is but get away from the whole um stigma of wits mickey bulk
2: no it's just (laughs) pretty cool as fuck (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah so when's the next time you're on the platform just to finish up uh so i will be competing at the british open in bangor uh at the end of november um, yeah. which I'm a little yeah. bit frustrated about because I had actually planned to have a birthday party and now I can't <laughs> because I've
0: actually got <laughs> party animals still there <laughs> sacrifices yeah.
2: that's the sacrifice we make um, and then yeah, hopefully uh, still waiting to hear about selection but hopefully I'll be traveling out to Uzbekistan in December for the Commonwealth Championships
1: brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant. yeah well here good luck
0: and all yeah. the best,
1: and we'll um will follow your your journey on yeah. social
2: media. Yeah, thank you, yep. and thank you both so much for having me on.
0: Not a problem. Yeah. Um, as I say, inspiring female, and I just hope more people take it on board and try to push more rather than leaving it too late.
2: Yeah, me too. Thank you both. <laughs> thank, you,
0: thank you. Thank
1: you, Jenny. Soon. Bye, all right. take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.